everyone, and welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. And we are a show for Christian women of all ages, backgrounds, and church traditions. And our mission is to help women create faith-driven lives no matter what church tradition they come from. So with all of that being said, today's episode, I don't know about you, Nicole, but for me, I feel like this episode is just as much for me as anyone else. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so excited to record this. I know we had to push it back a couple of days from when we were originally going to record and I have just been chomping at the bit to get this one going because I think it's a topic that is so relevant to pretty much every woman on the planet, myself absolutely included. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So I'll just throw the topic out there. I'm sure by looking at the podcast title, you guys are like, oh, okay. But we are going to be talking about inadequacy and comparison today. Oh, I know. Yes. And there's, there's so many ways that we can do this. You know, uh, I know for me personally, just to be very honest with you, I have two under two. So back to back pregnancies, I feel like I've been pregnant for, you know, two years nonstop. And I'm very thankful for my children. Um, but it's very hard for me to uh, physically bounce back to my non-pregnant self, but the way I was before kids and seeing celebrities and, um, you know, people on social media, it's really hard to not fall into that comparison trap. Oh yeah. Whether it's in regard to our physical appearance or to qualities that we see in other women. Yes. Oh yeah. That's been just a, a major thing in my life. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm really happy that I'm seeing this change. I'm really happy to see more and more women supporting each other and talking about like how hard motherhood is, just supporting each other and not judging each other for how they parent. Yes, I I agree. I have seen, I would say on social media in the last, maybe even the last couple of years, just more support of women, you know, and parenting and all of that, everything that you just said. But still, I think there is that tendency, you know, that we either sometimes feel judged or we do judge others or compare ourselves to other moms. So yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this today. Me too. I, I am so excited. So Nicole and I are right there with you guys and we are talking about this subject. But yeah, I, I think it is so easy for women to just fall into the inadequacy, the comparison trap, um, cause you know, we have a lot of shoes to fill, you know, we're wives, we're mothers, we're friends, we're sisters, uh, you know, we're workers. There's just a lot that falls on our shoulders. Oh yeah. And often we place pressure on ourselves to perform well in all of yes. these roles. Yeah. And we, we feel pressure when we try to live up to the expectations of society or maybe our families or just our own, you know, what we have in our minds of what we think we should be in those roles. And feelings of inadequacy abound when we compare ourselves to other people. Yes. Always. Yes. Well, and I think that the comparison trap that we can fall into, you know, it leads us to, like you said, self-doubt. And then it can also lead us to jealousy or pride. Yeah, definitely. There's the flip side of it. Like if we compare ourselves to other people to feel better about ourselves, like that's kind of ugly and that's prideful, you know, so there's just nothing good that comes from comparison. Absolutely. 
you know, how can we as Christian women, you know, guard our hearts and minds from falling into this trap? Because, you know, like you said, both sides of the comparison trap are bad. Right. Right. And I know we're focusing more on the one side of the um, comparison, but, but yeah, so what can we do so um, that we can put our focus, you know, where it should be, you know, when we do have these feelings of inadequacy because they will come, it's only natural. So what can we do about it? And we've kind of broken down the episode here into kind of two categories. I feel like there's definitely overlap between them. We have some practical um, applications, but also some theological considerations. So um, let's start with some of the practical things that we can do. And this is actually the first one that we're going to talk about is something that I do a lot with my clients as a, as a counselor, but it's also something I have to do with myself as well. So the first practical point that we have is to examine the thoughts that we have about ourselves mm-hmm. and maybe even write these out. Like it's one thing to think them in your mind and kind of number them that way, but it's a whole different thing when we actually put it on paper. So write it out. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm a terrible mom, I never do anything right, or oh, I am just not attractive at all, write those things out. And then ask yourself, what is the evidence for this thought? And what is the evidence against this thought? So it's almost like you kind of switch your hat and you go into like lawyer mode, right? You kind of figure out like, okay, but is this thought really accurate? What evidence supports this and what doesn't? And there are a number of different kinds of questions um, you can ask yourself like that kind of called Socratic questions where you really do examine, okay, is this a truthful thought? And there's a lot of power in that. It sounds like I need to do this. Oh yeah. It's a great practice. Um, Some other thought or questions, um, you know, be like, okay, if I asked, if I took a poll of 20 of people, my closest friends or 20 people who know me really well, would they say this is true of me? You know, there's just questions like that, that we can kind of take ourselves, you know, to a different place, so to speak, like remove ourselves from how we see it and kind of, okay, objectively, how do other people see this? Or what is the evidence? Like I said, and then 99.99% of the time, we're going to find that, okay, our thought, the negative thought that we are having, the critical thought that we're having about ourselves, like, isn't the entire truth. And then we can replace that thought with something that is accurate and truth-filled. And I always tell my clients, like, this is not just like some mumbo jumbo positive psychology. This is like, no, we're gonna base this on truth, which means we're gonna base this like, okay, but what does the Bible say about who we are? You know, and kind of going back to those truths of we are loved, we are chosen, forgiven, redeemed, we are called, we're equipped. Like I said, even looking at the evidence um, that we are able to, kind of come up with and, you know, to answer those questions too, that helps us to be accurate and truthful about who we are. Yeah. Cause when we can start to see ourselves the way that others do and the way that God sees us, we'll have a very different picture of who we are. Yes. Yeah. And this one's hard. It takes practice. Like it, it's not a natural thing. And, but the more that we are able to do this and kind of train our brains and like really practice this habit when we start to get down on ourselves it will be just such a blessing to us and we'll be able to in time let those negative thoughts and those criticisms of ourselves go easier anyway 
Yeah. Oh, this is so good. Okay. Keep going. Give me the next tip. I need oh, it. Man. Okay. Okay. So the next one is, you know, sometimes when we have these critical thoughts about ourselves, it's, there's some underlying, like there's a need that's driving it. So we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is it that I need? And then when we figure that out, ask for what you need. So for instance, what you really might be needing when you're, you know, down on yourself or critical of yourself is encouragement or validation or affirmation, or maybe you just need insight, like a different perspective from somebody else about whatever it is that you're struggling with. And I wrote about this on my blog uh, back in November. I wrote a post called Unstuck in a Moment. And I talked a little bit about personal experience that I had with this. I didn't go into detail, but you know, the details, but I was saying how like it was, I was in a moment where I was doing this. I was feeling inadequate. I was comparing myself to others. I was throwing myself a pity party. <laughs> like <laughs> it was not pretty. I was, I, I knew it. I knew I was being prideful, selfish, petty. I knew I was doing all the, like being those things. I just knew I was, but I couldn't like get myself out of it. And so what I write it, what I ended up writing about later on was how after that moment kind of passed, I was able to ask myself like, okay, what is it that I really need? And mm -hmm. one of the things that I needed was I'm like, yeah, I, I just need validation. And this is crazy that we're talking about this now because I wrote about it and I prayed, like I asked God that day for some validation. And just the other day, uh, was it yesterday or the day before? Like literally seven months later, something happened and it was like the validation, like the exact like specific validation that I had prayed about and written about. That is awesome. <laughs> and that was crazy to me because I'm like, oh my gosh, here it is seven months later. And like that prayer was answered. Isn't that crazy? That is, that uh, is amazing. Yeah. So, but yeah, but to ask yourself what you're needing and then ask for what you need. Yeah, because I think as women, or maybe this is just me, but like I have a tendency to really be self-reliant and be like, okay, well, I could just fix the problem. I'll just fix it and mm -hmm. never stop to ask somebody for help or to like voice like, hey, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to do. You know, there's a million reasons why we do that. Sometimes we feel like we don't want to burden other people or maybe we're embarrassed about what we're struggling with, but that is point number three, actually, is to not let these thoughts and feelings build, you know, to talk about them with a trusted friend. Mm. Yeah. Cause when you let all of these negative thoughts build and build and build, it just, it destroys you. It brings you down. Yeah. And there is nothing new under the sun. I know we both say that a lot, but it's true. And chances are, if there's something that you have struggled with, you know somebody or you have a friend who has also struggled with the same thing. Absolutely. And that kind of leads into my point. Oh, um, yeah, it does. Perfect. It does. I know. I was like, man, Nicole set that up real great for me. <laughs> so um, another great tool that we can use um, is to look at church history and to find people who have dealt with this or something similar and to be inspired by how they handled it. Nicole and I talked about parent anxiety here uh, recently with Bo, and it was a great episode. And, you know, that is something that I struggle with. My mom anxiety is awful. 
And so looking at St. Felicity and how she sacrificed her life for the Lord while trusting that he would provide for her infant daughter and just amazing story. But today I kind of want to talk about St. Hugh of Chernobyl. And, you know, this was an amazing, amazing man. You know, he was talented, attractive, intelligent. Uh, He came from a very religious family. And at age 27, he was chosen to be a bishop. Like this guy had a lot going on for him. Very, very talented individual. But, you know, he really struggled with feeling adequate at the job to which he was called. He did face a lot of challenges within the church. At that time, the church, you know, it was full of corruption. People were buying and selling church offices. You know, there was ignorance, there was disinterest and clerical unchastity. And he looked around at all of these things. He's like, surely, Lord, there is someone more qualified than me, someone more talented than me to handle all of these issues. And God's like, "Mm, nope, picked you. (laughs) When we look at, you know, St. Hugh's life, we see many times where he would just declare himself unfit. He's like, I can't do this. You know, there has to be someone better than me. And he would retreat to a monastery where he would live with the Benedictine monks. And it got to the point that the Pope was like, okay, I need to write this guy. And he's like, St. Hugh, you need to be mindful of the talents that the Lord has given you. But you need to recognize that, hey, God doesn't need your talents. He doesn't need your gifts. He needs your full obedience. Hmm. And he asked St. Hugh, he goes, okay, who is asking you to act in your own strength? He said, you need to count on God first and he will give you help. And we see St. Hugh reply with, well, I, I can't do anything good or worthwhile. And the Pope responded again and he said, Well, you are a bishop, you are only a bishop, but the sacrament can do everything. It was this conversation that became his life lesson. You know, it is God who works in us. And, you know, look at Exodus 14, 14, the Lord himself will fight for us. We just have to be still and listen and be obedient. And St. Hugh spent half a century giving to the poor, being faithful and humble and reforming the church. And he is a great, great example for people who feel inadequate to the life or to the ministry that God has called them. And he can help us realize that in our humility, you know, God is going to fight for us and he will use us to accomplish his good works. Oh, that is an amazing story. And I had not heard of St. Hugh and I just thought that was an incredible story because, yeah, on the outside, you see this incredibly talented, gifted man, but yet he questioned and wrestled with his abilities. And just the response, you know, of the Pope is that, you know, you don't have to do this in your own strength. Nobody's asking you to do that. God will do it for you. And this is crazy. I literally just read um, Exodus chapter 14. Um, oh yeah. this morning. I love it. Yeah. And because as you were talking and before you even hit that point, like as you were talking about Hugh and he's like, isn't there somebody else that reminded me of Moses? Cause that yes. was his response to like, um, God, here's my laundry list of reasons why I'm not the guy. So maybe you should think about asking somebody else. And yeah. So again, nothing new under the sun, right? <laughs> we all struggle, but, oh, I love that. That was, that was great. I've been doing the, uh, 
listening to the saint of the day and it's so amazing to just listen to the stories of the Christians who have come before us. And let me just say, ladies, there are some amazing female saints out there just who have done crazy things for the Lord. Uh, That's awesome. But let's go ahead and jump into the next section, which is the theological portion of dealing with inadequacy and comparison. Yeah, yeah. All right. And so the first point on this um, side of it is that God has graciously given us responsibilities and relationships in our lives for the purpose of blessing other people. Mm -hmm. And of course, in turn, you know, we are blessed by others, but we have to think of these, that these roles are a gift and a mission, not a performance. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And this has been something that God has been showing me and teaching me lately even is that he is glorified when we faithfully obey and serve him in these roles. Like we are called to obedience, not to quote, like produce results. And this one for me, I know Kat, you talked about parenting. Um, I have had to work on this in my life with my profession, with counseling, because it is very easy sometimes to get discouraged if you feel like, you know, you're not seeing progress from your clients or, you know, there are just days where I just come home. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I even helping anybody at all? Like, why are these people seeing me? They could be seeing anybody else and like be getting more help. (laughs) You know, it's, it's easy to feel that way sometimes. And that's kind of what God has just been bringing to my mind is like, Nicole, I'm calling you to be obedient and to just be present and listen and offer, you know, the gifts to them that I've given you. I'm not calling you to be like making, like, I can't make those changes in my clients for them. You know what I mean? Like that's a vibe and like, I can't produce results, you know? And I kind of think about this too, is it's true with, you know, my kids or especially it's like sports season, you know, and I love it when like my son makes great plays on the baseball field. That's always awesome. But the thing that I'm most concerned about with him is his effort and his attitude. Like Mm. if he goes out there and strikes out or he, whatever, they lose the game, whatever, that's fine. But if he's out there and he's grumpy and throwing fits and he's getting all huffy, like, or he's being lazy, like that's what I'm going to have a problem with, you know? And I think it's the same, you know, with God, like he just, he wants our obedience and a joyful attitude and effort and leave the results to him. Yeah, that is. I love that effort and attitude and it's because you're right. It's not up to us to produce the results. We just have to be obedient and have that, that servant heart towards whatever God has called us to. Yes. Yes. And just going on that, I think a lot of the times, you know, as women, we can sit down and look at our God given mission and be like, oh, well, it's not as important as, you know, so-and-so's. You know, I don't have a ministry like she does, or we just start comparing our God-given missions against another God-given mission without realizing that God calls all types of women to serve him. And he calls us to serve him in different ways. And there's no like one size fits all approach. Like what we are doing is just as important as someone else's mission. I love that point. 
because it's easy, especially, you know, with writing or podcasting, like, oh, well, we don't have as many followers or I don't have as many blog readers as so-and-so or look how they're growing and what they're doing. And it is easy to do that even within our ministry. And we just have to stay focused and have that servant heart and recognize that the mission field that God has called us to is just as important as someone else's mission field. Yes. I think that fits with some of the points that we were going to make with our third point, um, which is to recognize the gifts that God has given you and to focus on how he has equipped you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where, you know, that famous passage about we are one body, but many parts. And I love that, um, like, God just knew that we were going to have a tendency to do this and compare, right? Because in verse 14, no, he says, or I'm sorry, in 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And I just love that because it's such a picture of like, well, I don't do this, so I'm not as important or I'm not part of the body because I don't have this gift, you know, and like clearly we see that is, that's not true. Not a valid excuse. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is a super encouraging verse because we're all important and there is like no one size fits all approach to the mission field or to just how we are as Christian women. Yes. Oh, I th- if you want to know a great book on this topic, it, it's a Dr. Seuss one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You did not see that coming, did you? I didn't. But, <laughs> so my kids, oh, that, when they were little, several, several, several Christmases ago, they got this big book. It's like a hardback book, but it has like all these different Dr. Seuss stories. And some are famous or some you knew, but then there was one in there I had not heard of called Gertrude McFuzz. Have you heard of this one? No. Oh my gosh. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, and it is exactly on this focusing on how, you know, God has made you, he has equipped you for a purpose and a reason. And he made you just how he wanted to make you. And of course, Dr. Seuss doesn't make that explicit theological point, but it's similar. It's It's the theme because Gertrude, you know, she's this little bird and she sees her friend Lola Lee Lou who has this beautiful tail feather and Gertrude only has one little tail feather and it makes her so sad she's so sad about her one little tail feather she wants to be like Lola and so she ends up finding a way how to grow her tail and so she because she wanted to be like her right well but then she gets it in her mind oh I could be better, not just like her, but better. I could have a bigger, more fuller, beautiful tail. So she does. She figures out a way to pull that off. And, oh, it does not. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing because I want you all to read it because it's so good. It doesn't go well for Gertrude, I'm just saying. But in the end, she she does kind of come to the realization that, like, okay, I'm I'm going to be content with how I was made and who I am. <laughs> and not try to be like somebody else because when she did that was kind of disastrous but it's such a great story but it's it's so true and i've actually like read that book to like adults in my uh, groups that i used to do um in community mental health because it's it's kind of convicting 
apparently I need to go buy this book on Amazon. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, and it's true. It's that comparison trap, but we just have to do like focus on the gifts that God has given us because he has equipped us. One of my favorite verses is second Corinthians nine, eight. And it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I just love that because it's such a reminder that it is God who equips us and he will equip us. That is so, so good. And I think just to remember that we don't have to be talented. You know, he is glorified in our weakness. It's okay for us to be weak and to lean on him and to need him every step of the way. Yeah. So it's like win-win because he has gifted us and he's equipped us. But also if we have weaknesses because we do have weaknesses like he is glorified in that too so it's like we can't really mess up which is super encouraging (laughs) if you like stop and think about it (laughs) yeah and and yeah he's also given us the holy spirit and you know that his spirit will guide us and empower us and in all things he will get the glory going off the point of the Holy Spirit to remember that God is always with you he is never ever going to abandon you or leave you One of my favorite quotes, I have had this written on a scrap piece of paper in my Bible since high school. Um, We were at church camp one year and the speaker was awesome. And he said, whether you fail or succeed, you end up in the same place, the arms of God. And oh, I just like immediately wrote that down. And it has been in my Bible since like 1998. (laughs) And, And I just, I love that. I love that. It's so true. And just such a comfort. That is so good. I'm like feeling so blessed by this episode. I don't know if any of the rest of you are feeling that way, but I am definitely feeling blessed. Yes. Yeah. And let's go back. Um, I know we skipped a point on our outline, but point two was just prayer to go to God in prayer and be honest with him about how you're feeling. Like if you're struggling with these feelings of inadequacy, tell him that. And I think this kind of pairs with um, our other point of also there's going to be times that in prayer, we're going to need to repent of jealousy or an envious and prideful spirit. Yeah. Because that often is at the root of our, you know, comparisons or inadequacies, you know, is that you know, that's part of um, our fallen nature is that we do get jealous. We do get prideful. I know I always talk about this book, but here it is again, Charity and Its Fruits by Jonathan Edwards. There is a chapter, probably my favorite chapter of that entire book deals with this very topic of um, that Christian charity, Christian love is the opposite of a jealous and envious spirit and how we are to rejoice and celebrate the gifts of other people and the way that God has blessed other people. And that is not our natural inclination. At least it is not mine. And so for me, that chapter really helped me to see that. And it's something I've been working on. But no, I think that is just an amazing, amazing point because that the comparison trap can lead us to those sins And to just be mindful of it um, and to remember what the Bible has to say about what Christian love looks like and how it behaves. Yeah. And then 
our last point on today's episode on this um, topic is to remember who God is and that he is faithful. He doesn't forget about us or withhold blessings without a reason. You know, sometimes even, you know, I know I shared this a few moments ago. Sometimes we have to wait for the things that we're asking for. You know, it might be seven months. It might be two years. It might be a week. We don't know, but he is faithful and he doesn't forget about us. He hears our hearts. He hears our prayers. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it can be um, a way to bring us closer to him. I just had a friend recently who shared with me that they are a husband and wife and you know, they have been praying the rosary for 54 days and they had two major, major um, requests, life requests that they needed answered. And on that 54th day of praying the rosary, God answered both of them. Oh, wow. So, you know, God is absolutely faithful and he will not forget about you and he will not withhold blessings from you without a reason, whatever that reason might be. And you might not know what that reason is on this side of eternity, but Mm. we have to know that he is not only faithful, but he is so, so good. He lavishes us with his love, his mercy, his grace, his goodness, and just knowing that, you know, he doesn't give one child this awesome, amazing gift and then look at his other Christian child and be like, ah, you just get the, eh, you get this gift. It's the, you know, it's a hand-me-down gift. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like each gift from God is so valuable and every Christian is important and we all play a super important role in serving God. Yeah. And I think also just knowing in that too, that he is sovereign and he does everything according to his will. And in Romans chapter 12, that's another section where, you know, he talks about, you know, the different gifts that he gives and that it is given on accordance, like in accordance with his will and as he determines and to the measure that he determines it. Yeah, we might not on this side of eternity think that, oh, that's always fair, but, oh, he is, like you said, he is good, and we cannot in our finite minds comprehend his purposes. Yes, and he is omniscient. You know, God gives us these gifts and these talents for a reason, because they're going to be used to help us on our God-given mission. I think that is so important for us to Remember, because we need to take time to cultivate these gifts and, you know, be intentional, be on the lookout for opportunities to serve with these talents and with these gifts. And that is like, look at that word gifts, like a gift is something we don't deserve. Yes. So, yeah. And I found the verse, this chapter or it's verse six of chapter 12. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Like he didn't have to give us any gifts, you know? Yeah. The fact that we even have gifts in whatever measure, in whatever degree, is a complete gift of grace. Though using the word gift, you know, he gave us a gift, but we also have that gift to bless others with. 
it's you know the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> right right yeah I know that's a corny phrase but just to ensure that we are blessing others with the blessings that we have been given yes yes and that is the purpose of them is to build up the body and to glorify Christ like that's it <laughs> oh this has been so good like I feel I'm gonna say it again I feel so blessed I love all of these points Yes, me too. This has been a fantastic episode. And I just, I love that we were able to work through these things together. And I know it blesses us just as much um, to be working through these things, researching, praying through these things. And yeah, I just hope all of you listening, this has been um, a blessing to you as well. So, so good. I love this episode. Absolutely love it. Me too. I have a verse to close us out with um, that kind of touches on something that we talked about a little bit ago, and it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. But he said to you, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong.